I'm Scott. This good-looking guy to my left is the one and only <laughs> former New York Giant, current NFL Player Association president of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, host of a TV show on this network called The Extra Point, co-host of this podcast, The Extra Point Podcast. He is a living legend for the city of Memphis. I know the list is longer, <laughs> but I'm out of breath. He is Larry Mallory. Hey, man. Good to see you. What, to what, see what, you. what are we wearing today? Well, you know, it's the holiday season, and we thought that we would celebrate the holiday season with some type of commemoration. But the only part that you left out yeah. of that opening uh -huh. was how important it is for me to be your friend. Oh, man, right? there he goes. He's always, right. doing that right. you, always doing that to me. Always doing that to me. Earlier today we were talking, I was doing a promo for something, and I tried to make a joke to Larry, and he got mad. You know, what are you being so mad about? Larry, it was a joke. No, you're too intense. Because I was doing the promo. Uh -huh. You know? I was just trying to... Well, well, you have such influence on everyone. We just react to whatever... You know, you, when you throw a ball, you can't tell the person how to catch it. But we just react to you because you're the head coach. Oh, my gosh. You are the handsome head coach yeah, that we yeah, all appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting here in this doofus hat you brought me. And you look good. I need it? a menorah now. I'm the Hanukkah candles to make even. All right, you had... 275 people at your house for Christmas. I did have a lot. I did. I <laughs> How did that go? Did you, you know, I can't believe you're here. You survived. Well, again, you know, I'm coachable and I always respond to my quality head coaches. Oh, right? I didn't However, wish on having a mom. <laughs> but uh, that was the most important thing of it. Yeah. My mom's 93 now. Which, yeah, God bless. You know, you, you've, um, we really appreciate you capturing her stories. Yeah. Uh, the generation, uh, GBC TV is just... I mean, it's actually brought love and hope to my family. We actually looked at the GBC broadcast while oh, wow, we were here wow, together. Wow, wow. Uh, my family will be promoting it because just like you always tell us, every family has a story. Oh, it is so important story. for us to capture those stories, and we're so enamored to you for capturing the stories. Now, did you guys tell stories? Over Christmas? Uh, not only did we tell stories, I actually took pictures of all of the older people and I put them on my computer and we had a video showing the young people how, uh, what about their future, I mean, what about their history, talking about their past. And, and I know I'm a long-winded today because I actually designed my Christmas holiday, me, my mother, brother, and sister, from You Invited Me to Thanksgiving. We, everyone in my family knows. It always me feel. Everyone in my family knows how your Thanksgiving went. And the no cell phones and your mom speaking. We yeah. duplicated that this year and you were the, you were the impetus for oh, it. So we all so good. We appreciate that. I mean, for you to give me that exposure, we have a lot of young people in our family. And Generations Broadcast Center preserves those histories and lets the young people know why they're where they are. That's so important for young people. And so that's we our promo. Yeah, we appreciate that. And that's our promo for today. And then we'll start the podcast. <laughs> I loved it. You know, I just cut a promo for uh, for the website, and and you just outdid me. <laughs> so, um, you're a great guy. Scott. But your mom doing well? She's doing well. Um, she's really enjoyed um, you know this Christmas season because we were able to get so many young people back. And she had a chance to yeah. make the speech that she wanted. You know, I'm writing a book called Amazing Mary, her, her Mother and My Grandmother. And we had a chance to promote that and just to talk about it. She talked about your interview with her. Well, you know, your mom told us some amazing stories. And, and you know, 
When I start talking to people about the website and I start thinking of the different stories that we have heard, it's just unbelievable. And your mom, you know, was no exception. But what I loved most about your mother's interview was you sat there with her and you just had that son love look on your face watching your mom. Hey, man. You know, and it, it really, it touched me. And you bring tears to my eyes for us to have our mothers <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, you know, you know that's absolutely. Mine's going to be turning 95 in yeah, January. That's right. You know, holy cow. That's right. You know, and she goes, uh, you know, what's your goal, Scott? And I keep telling her to outlive her because yes. <laughs> I, 95, God bless. You know, that's kind of Well, neat. Scott, and I, I know you talk about the promo, but at the end of the day, when you can preserve those histories, and then you should have seen the faces of the young people. Oh, I can imagine. When they oh, saw her yeah, interviewing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, you bring joy to people's yeah, families, yeah. and you what you really do is strengthen the bond right. between the young and the old. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. That's no, powerful. It's, it's, look, it, it's, as you know, it is so important. Yes. All right. Let's switch gears. And I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to break you up. You know, Larry nice. is this big, strong NFL player, and I can get him to cry. You know, whoa, that's, how, that's how powerful you are. Oh, it's oh, still there. I thought it fell. No, it's still yeah, That's yeah. how powerful you are. <laughs> you have a chance. You create emotion in people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 150 years of college football. And we're celebrating the 100th year of the NFL. <clears throat> so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I just realized it's 150 years of college, why did it take 50 years before the NFL came into being? If college football had been going on already for so long. Oh, boy, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, just, yeah. I don't have an answer. I just went, wow. Yeah. You would have thought it would have been immediate. You know, the, the way I relate to that question is I can remember the stories that were told to me by guys that played in the 50s, you know, the, in the early days. And in those days, those guys, professional now, right. those guys would actually get on trains and get on the buses and ride to the games with the fans. So the professional environment, I can see where the college sports environment would be attractive for people coming out of high school. But the professional environment in those days, you know, it wasn't as, we weren't as economic as we were, so. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but, so that would be something that I could probably relate to as it relates to the 50-year difference, education being one, right. and then professional stadiums, professional sport you know, that developing. And, and, and I think the first NFL teams were all in your area, where you Chicago, right, and you right, in right. that area, yeah. which was cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't bear weather. Yeah, yeah. bear weather, exactly. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing is that all the, prof- there, there were really no professional teams in the South, was it? Right, and right. in the West, it was primarily yeah. in the, yeah. the East. Well, the West was too hard to get to in those days. Yeah. You know, that's a long train ride. That's true. You know, uh, uh, so I think that's why it started in the East and in the Midwest, because it was easy to get to by train. Yeah. You know, and therefore, it would have a lot of influence on the, co- the colleges, actually had more influence right. on the pros than the pros having influence on the colleges, right. huh? Now, let me ask you a question, Larry. When you were playing back in the 70s, um, and you would fly to the games... Were you, were you guys on chartered flights, or what, what kind of flights were you on? We, we, they weren't chartered flights, but the, 
the um, the main airlines right. would basically align that flight to the team. It would be okay. all team players. On so <clears throat> the coaches and whatnot would be in first class, and you guys, the big guys, would be in the coach. That's it. You know, That's and now uh, uh, Mark Cuban has his own plane for the uh, NBA Dallas Mavericks. That's I'm sure true. that plane is configured a little nicer. <laughs> That's so, right. So even you know, even back then, the difference to now travel is probably so much easier and more luxurious. Oh, you. Boy, you were really rolling today because you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Not only is the travel more luxurious, you know, even the stadiums and where they practice yeah. the star, the locker rooms. The locker rooms yeah, you yeah. Know. I know at Wrigley Field, you know, they complain because the Cubs renovated and they said that uh, the locker room for the Cubs is unbelievable. And then they, the guest, uh, you know, the visiting team complains about their facilities in comparison. Yeah. You know, a little psychological ploy. And, and you know, it's, you're so on point with that because in those days, every team you played as a visitor, there was some issue. You play the Cowboys, they put you on the sun side right. if it's hot. Right. They're over there cool and you're yeah, sweating. Yeah. If you play at the Bears, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. just freezing anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. But they probably... But the they wanted to make sure you were where the wind off the lake gets you first. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, they used, I think they used the stadiums that for competition. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, when you think of it, that little psychological effect, you know, stand there and wave at them while they're broiling in the sun yeah. while you're in the shade. And, you know? and, and on the, the, you talked about the planes, the rookies... Would always have to go all the way to the back. Of course. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. the, and the star players would be up in the front and, and that type of stuff. So there was always a... What went on on those airplane rides? You know, we all heard the stories about what Michael Jordan and the card games. What did you guys do on the planes? Well, uh, <laughs> with the Giants, we had two guys that everybody kind of knows now, Bill Parcells yeah. and Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. Right. And... As defensive players, you were focused on whatever that strategy was. It wasn't a lot of, you know, um, laughter. It wasn't camaraderie going on. No, no. It was preparation for that game. What about the way home? Uh, there was... Um, what, what, what you did wrong. Interesting enough. What you did wrong. And you had to drink two beers because of dehydration. Um, right. And if you didn't, you would be penalized actually and the beers are right at the steps as you're going up you get your beer and with the altitude that puts the cops and it puts things back in your body because you just sweated and lost a lot of weight and all that kind so of that didn't give you the choice of water it had to be a beer no it keeps you from cramping wow yeah it keeps you from cramping that's interesting and so Boy, and are you opening it up to all these young kids that are playing ball going my i need a beer I'm going to cramp. Well, they, they have something, you know, they're a lot different than what yeah, we yeah. were. They have their Gatorade. They have, they, they have all yeah, kinds yeah, of stuff yeah, now. Yeah. Probably special stuff for each individual. That's right. What's your number? Okay, yeah, this yeah. is yours. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. That's interesting, though, you know, because I never thought about that. But, uh, you know, because you just hear these Michael Jordan stories, you know, but then when I, you know, you hear about Mark Cuban and uh, how he's got the locker room for the Mavericks and then the way, you know, the, the airplane... It, uh, I saw... It gets better and better to be a professional athlete. Yeah, it really does. You know, the conditions are better. But I can remember on a flight, I can't remember where we went, but I saw a cramp. I saw a guy cramp. Right. And it was like a knot in his body. We yeah. had to all get on top of him and push that knot away from the heart. 
So, I mean, it was like four or five guys massaging him away. The knot was in his leg. Oh, man. And it was a cramp because yeah, he didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't drink properly, didn't yeah. drink that beer. Yeah. And so the doctor had to, we had to help him keep that from moving up, up the system yeah. into the heart and causing heart attack. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this was while you were in flight? Right. He, he got the uh, cramp while in flight wow. and he, was just, he just locked up in the, in the aisle, laying in the aisle. All right, I want to talk to you about a couple of uh, players. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and then uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Those three guys came out in the draft together. Out of the three, Deshaun Watson, I think, was the one that they thought would all make the best adjustment. Right. I guess let's put Lamar uh, Jackson. Jackson in on that group, too, even though he wasn't drafted with them. How does a guy like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Holmes leave college and turn into what they turned into? I don't think anybody expected them to be that good. In fact, Lamar Jackson, people left when they said, you're going to try to make him a quarterback? That's right. That's right. You know, uh, obviously he was a quarterback in college, but nobody thought he would do this in the pros. How do you go make that leap as an athlete from college to superstardom, and then a guy like Trubisky, who hasn't made that leap, but shows moments where it, he does that. like he could, you know. So just just talk to me from a professional athlete point of view. How do you see these guys, Mahomes, Watson, Trubisky, Lamar Jackson? How do you see them developing? You know, um, the the quarterback environment is is such a, a special environment. They're your leaders on the team, leaders in the locker room. Um, I think that I, I I think that Patrick Mahomes and this group of quarterbacks you're talking about is the link between the new style of play in college and the new style of play in the pros. Right, right. Because if you remember in our day, quarterbacks weren't running all around the place. Uh, no. Right, and we would love for quarterbacks to run all around the place because you could catch them. Right, right, right. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. But now you can't you, catch them. You can't what catch them. They're mobile. It's almost like they're taking the college implication of football now into the pros. Even a young man from Arizona. Right, right. You know, they're moving around, they're running, they're... But let me ask you, though. But mm-hmm. see, these guys have really changed the whole position and really are so good. And I would have thought that after a couple of weeks of film, defenses would be able to adjust. But they don't seem to be adjusting to Lamar and to Holmes or Russell Wilson, you know, even, you know, why is that? Why can they still, I mean, I'm just enamored watching them. I love watching them, you know. Well, imagine this. In the, in the old days, it was actually, on offense, 10 against 11 players on defense. Right, right. right. Now, with the way that these young men are operating, you know, they're moving around. We were drop back passes in my day. There were right. no rollouts. Joe Namath is not going to run. No, he couldn't. <laughs> I know where he's going to be. Right, right, right. Johnny Unitas is not going to run. Right, these right. guys, are, Phil Sims, yeah, he ain't yeah. going to run much. Right. But these guys now are moving around. So now it's actually 10 on 10 because if you don't have a spy, right, you know, right. that's looking after yeah, the quarterback, yeah. you, you, could, you can't double team as much anymore. You right, can't, right. you know. So now it's almost a man-on-man game, and when you got a quarterback that is also a running back, right, right, it's really em- embellished the offense. 
And I think you see it, it's reflective in the scores. Why, why aren't they blitzing more then? I mean, you know, I, I always watch these blitzes and I don't see the guy all alone for the wide open touchdown pass like I always hear about. Mm-hmm. I see these guys nail the quarterback. Well, the, 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 the blitzing now is still picked up. In other words, see, you're not seeing games go down 15 to 12. You're no. seeing games go up 45, 25. Right, right. So you can blitz all you want to because yeah. I got somebody that you can always pick up. Right. But when you take, when a quarterback becomes an offensive weapon right. and you have to align one defensive player to him, that means that everybody else is man on man. So whoever is the best getting away, take Michael Thomas from New Orleans Saints. He's almost about to break the Harrison guy's record on receptions because at the end of the day, they can't double cover much. Right, right. So the, the quarterback involvement in offensive plays now has put pressure on the defense. I don't even think I could play defensive back now. You have to be... Well, because you're 120. No, no. I mean, I could... <laughs> I yeah, but, but defensive backs now, yeah, see... Yeah, it's different. They are. They're taller... They're long, they're lean, they're good athletes, they're mo- they could play other sports. Right. I mean, right. To, to cover these receivers now, I mean. Well, you know, you know, it's funny that you say that because I always, you know, because I played baseball. Yeah. And I always said that the hardest thing to do is to hit a baseball, you know. And I always said that baseball players get the bum rap that you stand and you stand and then there's the pitch and then you stand and what are you doing athletic? But yet I always felt baseball players could play basketball, could play football, you know, you know um, um, and yet if I take a football player, an offensive lineman, and put him up at home plate, he yeah. wasn't going to hit me that's when I was pitching. That's right. You know what I mean? That's a good but, point. But now, now uh, J.D. Watt, you know, from Houston, goes up to bat in Houston in batting practice and hits him 500 feet. Yeah. You know, so with that even, you know, that's really changed because I think now football players are much more athletic than I they agree. used to be. You, you know. Uh, and and our day was about size. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm not talking uh-huh. about the quarterbacks or the defensive yeah. end. I'm talking about the linemen. Yeah. You, you know, those guys are athletic. In our day, it was more about size. Right. They might have be 260, 270. Right. Now they're 300 running 40-yard right, right. dashes. You know? Right, right, in fast times. In fast times, that's you right. Know, it's, uh, it's incredible. Larry Allen of the Cowboys, offensive lineman, I just recently saw that one play where he ran down uh, a guy that was on his way for a pick six, and he had to catch him from behind. Larry Allen was 300 pounds. That's right. And the guy was a defensive back that was outrunning everybody except Larry Allen. That's right. So I think he was the start of the offensive linemen that were athletes. You know. uh, um, Do you think, do you feel that Trubisky, of the people that we've named, do you feel that Trubisky has reached his potential yet? Do you feel he's... Well, I I got a couple of things. Now I'm wondering if Nagy, who I really like, should remain as the head coach. Is, is it Trubisky? Is it Nagy? Is it both? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I yeah. don't get it. I watched one game where the Bears had ran the ball seven times in the whole game. That was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And I know that the coaches have a lot to worry about and what, what's going on and how guys are playing. Now, Trubisky, the only thing I could say for him is that he had a shoulder hurt and a hip hurt this year. <clears throat> but then he went through that streak when he was all healed where he was really good. I go, yeah. okay, this is the guy that we've all been waiting for and expecting. And then the last few games came, and I go, oh, my gosh. You you know, so it's like, 
is he going to get? Do you do you do his rookie contract's ending? Do you give him the money in hopes that he's going to do this, or do you move on? What do you what do you do? Well, I think that Trubisky number one is the right size. Mm -hmm. I like his height. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that uh, of all the positions, the quarterback position probably is the one that takes longer to get it to mold into. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at the court, I got to take, I got to cough. He's got to cough. <laughs> this is an outtake. I'll let it go through. What the heck? <laughs> but if you look at, at what they have to prepare for, it's almost like the quarterback and the coaches are competing against the brain of the, of the competitive quarterback and coaches. Right. Because right, you're going right. to change your game plan every game. Yeah, based on the quarterback. Based on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And so with that change in the game plan, the defensive linemen, they have a, a scope, right? They, right. This is what I have to do. I have to watch the double team. I have to do this. And the quarterback has the entire situation. And coaches like Belichick that we've talked about a lot. Right, right. He might start the game with one defense in the first quarter. Right, right. Watch and see what right. you do. Change the whole thing in the second quarter. Right. Uh, watch what you do. Go in halftime. The Patriots have to go get their stuff early because they can sit down because they might change the entire game plan. So quarterbacks have to be really versatile in coming out of college. See, you don't get that kind of adjustments. And maybe that's one of the things that he's adjusting to, the adjustment yeah. process. So do you, do you keep Nagy? If you're the owner of the Bears, do you keep Nagy? Um, I would say yes. You keep Trubisky? I would say yes. I think that I think that the Bears have a foundation of a team. I don't know specifically what's missing, but they got a good foundation. You know, and I think last year they really had a chance. I think they could have gotten to the Super Bowl if that guy would have kicked the ball. Uh, uh, Park here. I might be messing up his name now. Kicked it through the uh, uprights and not into the goalpost. You know, when they oh, were yeah, that's the right, that's right, game. that's right, I remember you know, that now. Then I think of uh, um, uh, an interception was dropped in the Green Bay Packer game that would have iced the game for the Bears because there was only a minute left and the Bears were ahead, about a minute, whatever it was, and we dropped the interception, right thrown right to Kyle Fuller, and he dropped it, and then, of course, uh, Rodgers went down and scored the winning touchdown, and if the Bears would have won that game, they wouldn't have had a play in that first game, the playoff game that they lost. So as a fan, these are all the things you think back on. That's good. Yeah. But also, as you were recalling that, which, you know, I can't remember like that. I'm yeah. saying to myself, well, wow, that's why Generations Broadcast Center is so great. Because <laughs> yeah. you can remember some good things. Yeah. That's pretty well, good. Well, you know, you know what's funny, too? Here's another thing nobody remembers. What? When, you know, the Bears missed a field goal to lose the game in the playoffs. Uh-huh. <clears throat> He kicked it right through the uprights, but there was a timeout called. So he kicked it. Uh -huh. Timeout was called, so it didn't it count. It didn't count. And, and then, then he kicked, misses and then, he, and then it was the double doing. <laughs> it's not funny, Larry. That's true. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. It's not funny, Larry. For you to remember those things, I should not have laughed. No. I totally agree. Well, you know, that's the funny thing about sports, that, you know, when it comes to the team that you root for, we all remember every little thing about every game. That's true. You know what I mean? That's but true. you were still in the most famous game. It wasn't the most famous game, yeah. but it does make me laugh. The Meadowlands, when uh, Herm Edwards picked up the... Uh, yeah. Why didn't they take a knee? Zaka, yeah, Zaka ended up fumbling. Yeah, why didn't they just take a knee? 
We've talked I about don't know. I wish we would have. Let's yeah. not go back and now. I, I don't want to remind you yeah. of that one. Because I'm getting depressed every time you talk about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, you know? that's, right. <laughs> that's right. All right. You know, you know, uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Tom Brady and New England. Everybody's writing them off. What are they, like, uh, they've lost three games this year? Yeah. And everybody's writing them off. Yeah, like uh, 11 and 4, something like that. Something Whatever. Like that. Yeah. The Bears should only be at that level. <laughs> are you writing off Tom Brady in New England? Um, I'm not writing. No, I'm not, actually. I'm not, because I, I, I like Belichick so much, and I talk about him so much. Right, right, right. And he had such an impact on my life. Right, I, right. I truly believe that, you know, if there's an opening, and he'll be able to create Figure something to take yeah. that opening. Yeah, well, that. it'll be interesting to see, because I don't write them... Because they lost the game, we're writing them off. You know, yeah. I, I don't write them off but, yet. But you know, I do see. You, you can see where um, injuries and oh yeah, this time of the year they're all injured. Exactly. So the, what, how do teams do they? The teams like the Bears in Minnesota. Minnesota's in the playoffs. They are whatever seated they are. It can't change when lose or draw. Right. The Bears, you know, nothing can change for them. <clears throat> so my question is. Do these guys play to win, or do they not even care? Uh, I mean, when I play, if I, if you and I go shoot baskets in the backyard, I'm going to try to beat you. Yeah. So these guys go out and play, don't they? I, I really believe they do. Even with the change in salary, with the change in conditions, I do believe that in that locker room, you're committed to 16 right. game season, yeah. and so I really believe they play. However, however. When guys, you know, the NFC East has turned out to be the worst division yeah, yeah. In, in the league. And the Giants and the Redskins are, are like, have everybody else on their backs. Right, right, right. And so I think that, that when, you, when you get to a point in the season where you don't have options. Right. And you know that how you finish has a relationship with the draft the next year. Right, right. I think there's some degree of... Of, okay, let's go show up. Yeah. You know, uh, I really want. I did not want the Cincinnati Bengals to have the first pick next year. I wanted the Giants to have the first pick yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah. But you're a fan now. That's so true. That's you, true. You know, uh, um, yeah. Well, Eli came back and played a couple of good games. He did. You know, he uh, did. Um, but he's not the future. He's not the future. So you know, you know, we talk about uh, you know talk about uh, the division not being good. The Cowboys and Eagles. You know, I guess they could wind up eight and eight and win a division. That's right. You know. Um, or even seven and nine, and if they both lose, right? That's right. They both, you know, the Eagles have to win out, and the Cowboys. Yeah, they each have a game. Yeah. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, the Cowboys are in. If the That's Eagles right. win, they're in. And it was a bad year for both of them. But did weren't the Giants uh, nine and seven the year they beat New England in the Super Bowl? When New England hadn't lost the game, I think the Giants were nine. I could be wrong. I think you're right. I think they were nine and seven, mm -hmm. and then they beat the undefeated. At that point, uh, New England was uh, sixteen and zero, mm -hmm. and it took two remarkable plays: Catches on the, the catch head. on the head, uh -huh. and then uh, and then uh, a touchdown yeah. throw, and the game ended. Yeah. So you know, you know, Cowboy fans <clears throat> sit here and go, "If the Cowboys could get in, you never know." So we didn't talk about Dak, and he fits in that group with Mahomes and Watson and Lamar Jackson. What happened to the Cowboys? You know, 
That's hard to say. They because honestly, the conditions in which they practice, the conditions in which they play, the whole environment is so positive for them that it's almost like they don't respond. All of the strong teams that they played outside of the Jets, you know, they lost right, to the right, Jets. Right, right, right. But outside of the Jets, they've not really responded well to the to the stronger teams. No, they didn't respond at all. Yeah. They did beat the Rams, but the Rams kind of went away anyway, so we can't say they were a stronger team. That's right. And they were here. Right. right. You know, it seems uh, they, they don't, to me, they don't play as aggressive on the road. They don't play in the cold as much. You yeah, know. They, couldn't, they couldn't beat the, a certain team that's that, right. I, that I root for. That's right. See, so it's... John Nyland <laughs> says, what's the difference in an old cowboy? No, 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 no. Uh, um, what was, it's on his business card. Uh, um, wait, 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 wait. Not the difference. Um, um, what do you call a uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy Super Bowl winner? An old cowboy, probably. Yeah, Not old. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, from that perspective, we don't know if it's the conditions in which they're playing, if there's just not enough toughness. We don't know if, I think, a lot of the older players feel that there was a locker room breach. In other words, there was not a leader in that locker room. But then when they start getting pressure, Michael Bennett, who's a veteran, showed up. He started. Yeah, Whitson, though, I think is. is Whitten? I mean, uh, Whitten, yeah, uh-huh. uh, is definitely a leader. I've seen him on the sidelines shooting people out. I agree. You know, uh, um, there's a guy who came back because he thought I can get a Super Bowl ring. Right, right. So he left the broadcast booth and came back. And uh, mm. But, you know, well, if they I make the playoffs, you? It's, you know, you never know. That's true. And, you know, I'm from the state of Tennessee, and I truly believe that Jason Whitten and Archie Manning should be the uh, coaches of Tennessee so that we can compete with Alabama in recruiting good players. Imagine that. Peyton Manning, head coach of Tennessee, Jason Whitten, assistant head coach. They can sit in anybody's living room. Peyton Manning is going to have his own comedy <laughs> show. <sitcom. laughs> he's he's, he's going to get away from the fo- – oh, they heard noise. That's all right. <laughs> okay. He's going to get away from football. He's going to be on a sitcom probably with uh, Brad Paisley. And his brother. Yeah, Brother yeah, has a show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's just so funny. All right. Um, oh, one thing that I wanted to point out to you, Isaiah Robertson – Friend of yours, we just lost him recently. Yeah. Hall of Fame. They showed were showing highlights of Earl Campbell. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do. That's where, where Earl Campbell was running full speed, lower his head and put it right in the chest of Robertson and just knocked him over. Which was a picture he hated the most. I mean, I just saw he that they were. It. I just saw that online, you know, by accident the other day, and I'm sure he hated it. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. And so every once in a while, you know, you don't make the best play. Uh, But I was just, but it just, I'm going, boy, was Earl Campbell tough. He was because Isaiah was tough. Oh, yeah. And a a hitter. Yeah. And I I can't share a lot, but, but, you know, I'm on the board of the house of Isaiah. Right, right. So his his, um, charitable organization, House of Isaiah is an organization that uh, helps people with drug act, drug right, conditions, right. drinking conditions. 
So I've been down to two of the graduations and the most, the number has exponentially increased because of opioids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. his wife, Peggy, now, they're, they're, it's going well. They're holding graduations. And Isaiah's brain was just sent to be tested. Yeah. Oh, just, just now? Just recently. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, do they have a website? People want to donate? House of Isaiah. They do have a website. Okay. So just House of Isaiah and they'll uh, be able to find it. That's, that's what it is. And, and, I'm, and I'm not putting him down for that play no. with Earl Campbell. It was just when I saw it, you go, oh, my gosh. Even the great ones have a moment that they go, I'd like to have a do-over. Well, I was his vice president, you know, for two years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I wanted to make him mad, I reminded him of that. Oh, Because <laughs> I know he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Earl just caught him at the right time at the right place. Earl lowered his head and got it right in his chest. That's true. And man, I, I'm going, how did that, how did he survive that? Yeah. You, you know, whew. I was, uh, and I'll bring it, I'll actually bring these. Isaiah had six pictures of the old LA Rams, Fred Dreyer. Oh, and wow. these are pic big pictures of them yeah. with their game, uh, with the shot on, yeah. and with a story of their lives, and I have it now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll bring yeah. it and we can show it on the show. Yeah, no, no, I'd love to see it. All right, man, I know, um, um, you know I, I'm just gonna do it to you and you know, before we close. Um, well, before we close, because I'd like for you to do the close, but I just like, can I just say to you yes. how appreciative I am for what GBC TV has done for families, for the military, and for professional athletes. I've had a number of guys that you've allowed to come on your show that's in my chapter that's come back to me during the holidays to tell me how impactful it was to show their children. Oh, that's the interviews. great. That's great. So you're well, doing we a want, well. We want, a great you know, job. as you know, we want to keep doing. It. And so are you, Larry. You know that. Well, I'm 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 yeah. your co-captain, you but know. you're doing. You created these opportunities for us. Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it. Now right. I almost feel badly of what I was gonna ask you. <laughs> well, I, you did that when when the second largest chapter in the country tells their president the next time they see you to thank you and your family for what you've done. Oh, gosh, I had to great. get that out. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Now I, well, I'm going to do this show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about the impeachment. <laughs> well, you know, um, peach ice cream during Christmas is really, yeah, really, really good. good. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but I think that um, we're... I'm glad things happen the way they're happening. And I, I, I think that... Uh, I can't talk much about impeachment as much as I can talk about the House of Representatives and the strength that Nancy Pelosi has shown yeah, yeah. and making sure that everything stays is visible. There's nothing under the table. Everything is on top of the table. And to me, she's led, um, you know, a, a great legal path to the direction in which they're going. The only question that I have by it, you know, if Trump is acquitted, which the odds are he will be. Does that set the stage for Trump and then future presidents, but particularly Trump? Are there no? Is there no rule of law for him? Yeah. Or you know, or, or presidents in the future. in the future? Yes, yeah. but I mean, right now today, you know, how far can you go without a rule of law when you're the leader? You know, my concern, Shad, is the is the elections. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know if this is the case or not, but I, I think I read somewhere where Ivanka Trump 
has bought. Well, she has the, the rights to the voting booths. Right, to yeah, the voting yeah. machines for 20 states. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I just, you know, it's. I like talking about sports. Right. Because, Especially during holidays. Yeah, I mean, Especially yeah, with these on. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's just it's it's just so difficult, you know, uh, uh, because you just is are we helping us or are we just taking terrible sides against each other? And again, that speaks to, to your heart. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, our president actually sent out talking points for Christmas to Republicans who might have had Democratic family members. In their home during the holidays, oh, gosh. Okay. a list of things to say if you have a Democratic or an independent family member. Wow! And we're about you know we're in the same age group. I've yeah. never seen anybody yeah. try to yeah. impact the positiveness, yeah. you know, of the Christmas spirit. Yeah, that's serious. Now, when Larry walked in the door today, <laughs> before we started the podcast. It was the first time I ever saw this new look of his. And I'm just imagining that with uh, the 39 people you had in your house, yep. and the neighbors called the police how many times on the noise? I'm no, telling you, probably. <laughs> so with the 39 people in your house, you were just playing Santa Claus. As, that was my purpose. I was yeah, trying to play yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. No one had ever seen me. I've with, never seen you with that beard. I've seen you with all your little Fu Manchu yeah. and, and your little mustaches and all your little things that you do. But the, the full beard look. Well, when I, I started growing it, and you know, I haven't been able to grow anything at the top yeah. for a long time, I said, well, wow, let me see how long this is going to go. And then when it got a little longer, I said, well, they've never seen me like this. At least I'm Santa Claus. Yeah, and I'm very <laughs> happy that you did dye it white so, you know, so you can play the part. That's true, you know. that's true. All right, man, we'll do this again soon. You've been a great friend. We surely appreciate you and your well, family. Thank you. You too, man. You follow me and uh, just keep up the good work yeah. and keep in making sure that families, family information goes to these young people. That is our goal and that's what we're going to keep doing. All right. We're going to lunch next week. Next week.